0: Today I'm talking about an article I wrote on my website about oysters and ocean plastics. Um, This article was sparked by a recent visit to an oyster farm here in Hiroshima, Japan. And here are some insights into Japan's oyster plastic problem. I'm JJ Walsh. I'm based in Hiroshima, Japan. And I run a small consulting business focused on sustainability called Inbound Ambassador. You can find out more about me at InboundAmbassador.com or donate to help support the work I do on BuyMeACoffee slash JJ Walsh. For many years, I've been uh, volunteering to clean up beaches and the rivers in Hiroshima on a monthly basis with my son and uh, we often find these plastic tubings. So it was really an eye opener to visit the floating oyster farm and the oyster processing plant. And a lot of things uh, came up, which brought to a front the problem a little bit stronger for me. And um, so I wrote this article. So I'll, I'll read it and add more insights as I go. On a freezing cold February morning, I find myself sitting on an oyster boat pulled up next to an oyster float being processed. We are on the calm stretch of sea between Miyajima Island and the main island area of Hatsukaichi in Hiroshima. My hands are numb, but I feel less cold somehow as I watch the crew pulling huge 4-year-old strands of oysters deep from the sea below, and cutting the strands at key points to release the oysters onto the boat they come crashing down. It was quite an impressive sight, and I find myself admiring the work ethic of the crew, plunging their arms into freezing waters at 6am. This is certainly not an easy job. The longer I watched, the more plastic tubes and discs I saw falling amongst the oysters into the pile. Although sleepy, I also noticed the snow-covered plastic tubes stacked tidily into craters on the dock as we walked past when we boarded the boats. As an avid beach and river cleanup volunteer, I'm very familiar with these plastic tubes and discs. We have filled countless bags of these same plastic tubes over the years at cleanups and have long suspected that we are only taking a tiny percentage out of the waterways. I now see proof of these claims that each floating oyster bed has 17,000 plastic tubes in use. What I didn't know is that the oysters grow for four years before harvest. So any new plastics put into the shells, in with the shells and seeds, won't come out of the sea until 2025, if it's put in this year. It's estimated that at least 100,000 tubes are shaken loose from the floating oyster beds each year due to boat collisions or tidal flows, but I suspect that that's a low estimate. I actually broke down and cried once after one of our big beach cleanups on Gane Beach in Hiroshima. We had just filled 30 bags to the brim of plastic tubes, discs, and pieces of styrofoam that covered the beach. Most plastics were clearly from the oyster floats but we were an enthusiastic and hardworking group and in about 6 hours with our passionate crew of volunteers we felt we had accomplished a lot we had a little cheer and good job and otsukaresamades it felt great to get so much plastic off the beach and out of the ocean But what brought tears to my eyes was going back to the beach when I thought we were done to enjoy the day and relax and watching the little kids playing and swimming in the next wave of plastic being brought in by the tide. Despite our efforts, within an hour it looked like we hadn't even been there at all, like we hadn't done anything. It's embarrassing to show so much honest emotion on a video but it's how I experienced that day. I wasn't jaded or cold to it. My feelings were very raw. So I decided to leave that teary part of the video in. Of course, the best time to stop putting plastics in the ocean is 10 years ago, but what can we do now? In the last 10 years, I have only seen the problem getting worse And there seems to be no penalties or regulations in the industry from government and no concerns for the rest from the restaurants and consumers about the problem i remember taking the tubes around miyajima island and talking with locals and visitors about the tubes and so many people didn't even know what they were and then when they realized it was from the oyster industry and the floating beds just off the coast a lot of the attitude from Japanese people was shogunai, like it can't be helped. Shogunai in Japanese means you can't do anything, so why try? But when I talked to the international tourists about the, the tubing problem, their reaction was very different. And a lot of international tourists to Japan often comment on the excess of plastic packaging, so much plastic around yet the streets are very clean but they often comment that the beaches are very littered with plastic and that's a big shock for them that it doesn't seem like any efforts are being made to clean the beaches and riversides despite so much effort going into cleaning the streets and keeping the streets clean. But they often also uh, comment on the use of plastic and the overuse of plastic in Japan is a big issue for international visitors. Going back to the article, in the last 10 years, I've only seen the problem getting worse, I was saying. Uh, I found an old clip of my daughter, age four, yelling at a passing boat one day while we were on the beach. She says in her little child's voice, which is so cute, hey, you lost some of your tubes, as she held up some of the plastic tubes in her hand. It was so cute and we all laughed in the video, but now watching it back 10 years later, it seems much less endearing and there's so much more plastic um, pollution on the beaches and in the waters. It's a lot less cute. I have a lot of respect um, for the role the oyster industry plays in Japan and in the Hiroshima area to support the economy, providing employment, providing food um, for the local area. Oysters also have a useful cleaning function in terms of cleaning the sea of pollutants. But there is a blatant disregard for the plastic pollution problem, which won't change until there is more regulation in the industry from the government, as well as more pressure from consumers, and I include restaurants and uh, companies who buy the oysters or buy the oysters to process into different products, also our customers. I asked our oyster guide from the oyster factory who drove us to the floating oyster beds to watch in the morning. I asked him about the plastic pollution problem, and I don't know why it surprised me that he had an answer ready. Yes, he was familiar with the problem, and yes, he knew of the littering on the beaches in the Seto Inland Sea. In fact, he even knew of the problem of the plastic pipes, more common term in Japan for the tubes, is called pipes, appearing on beaches in Hawaii. Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? He said, without any emotion or indication of ownership. He was numb to the problem and jaded as it seemed he'd heard it all before. To the oyster farmers, the plastic pollution issue seems to be an acceptable consequence of the hard work they do to make a living, and it seems clear they are unlikely to change their ways of their own volition without pressure from the government, regulation, and consumer pressure. We have seen fishing industry crews sweeping up tubes and burning them on the beaches in Miyajima as we pick them up and put them into bags, which will also be taken to waste centers for disposal, usually by burning. But the open piles of plastic tubes on the beach become melted masses of plastic that don't solve anything and don't move anywhere. Despite the outward view that they are dealing with the problem and doing something, it's really not doing anything on the end of the problem. I wonder if this is a feeble attempt at a solution to a problem mandated by the government to do something. What did you use before plastics? I asked. Bamboo was used, but it was inferior to the plastic material we use now, he says. I have to admit he's absolutely right. And this is the key hurdle of the plastic pollution problem. Plastic is a great invention as the material seems so cost efficient. It is so easy to mass produce in any desired design. It can be reused. It's durable. It floats. It's light to transport. I talked to KK Wang. Um, who is the founder of a wooden bento box company called Caillou Package in the Seeking Sustainability Live uh, series. And he talked about this issue as well, how plastic is so useful and so convenient. And it's such a huge hurdle to change from using plastic because it seems like a perfect solution. It seems perfect, but of course that low cost and convenience and reuse of plastics has a high price for people, planet, and yes, profits, as we start to discover discover how plastic pollution hurts the Made in Japan brand and becomes a huge financial burden to clean up. Not only other tubes clogging up the oceans, beaches, and adding to the many giant floating plastic pollution ocean patches, but there is another even more sinister problem that you can't see as the plastics break down into microplastics, which are found in all living creatures now, including ourselves. It seems we have very little knowledge yet about the effect microplastics will have on our bodies in terms of toxic chemicals it carries that are released into our bloodstream and other things that can happen as we absorb more and more microplastics in the article i'm uh, referring to i link to a 2020 research study which uh summarizes a lot of different studies so far about microplastics it's pretty certain none of the effects of microplastic ingestion will be good. It would be nice if something good happens, but very unlikely. As we finish our tour and the others in our group enjoy partaking in freshly harvested oysters on the grill, I envision a more profitable future for the industry. Hiroshima oysters could be rebranded entirely as an industry leader if pressured from consumers and the government to stop putting plastics into the ocean daily, changing to bamboo or other natural materials, which do not break down into microplastics or pollute the oceans and beaches. But any regulation or targets must be made quickly as the new strands of oysters being put into the ocean right now in 2021 won't be harvested until 2025. Tohoku Oyster Farms have been quick to change to appeal to the upcoming post-COVID sustainable travel markets. They are using rope, wood, bamboo, and wires, and phasing out plastics and styrofoam completely. There is hope that the industry can change with regional government pressure, hand-in-hand with tourism industry pressure, from a more ethical consumer demand Definitely, the post-COVID traveler coming to Japan will expect more sustainable options. Jess Hollams talks of the project and other sustainable travel options in Tohoku on the Seeking Sustainability uh, series talk show series, and I link to it in the article here. I'm glad to hear visitors and residents are so enthusiastic about the wonderful quality of Hiroshima oysters, and any changes in the industry now to stop putting new plastics in the the ocean would make it even more popular. A start now to transition to the use of bamboo, wood, and other natural materials would help insulate the industry from the pushback it will soon face. Complaints have already been made over the years by travel destinations who struggle with creating a high-quality brand as they lose visitors who avoid places overrun by plastic pollution on the beaches and in the waterways. I think in the next few years, we'll see a sudden backlash to the Japanese fishing and oyster industry as soon as human health problems are clearly connected to microplastics in seafood, or once there is a clear connection in tourism, for certain areas being avoided because of the plastic pollution on the beaches and in the water and along the riversides. A change to natural materials can be a desirable boost to Japan's brand as a destination as it struggles to compete with destinations worldwide, vying for post-COVID travelers. It could also help japan's fishing and seafood products branding as a whole since we know that consumer loyalty is strongly affected by a perception that products are made ethically and that the organization or the company leaders or top of the company are good people so when the consumer feels the company is more ethical they will pay more for the product, and they will be more loyal to the brand and the product. This really pays off down the line in terms of making more sustainable choices, more ethical choices in how you run the business, and using the hard work that you are doing to be more sustainable as an important part of your branding, your communication message to the customer also in japan the concept and certification of sustainable seafood is now just starting as an important trend in the foodie dining and travel industry so if the changes can be made in 2021 or at least targets are made to start phasing out plastic in 2022 that means four years down the line by 2026 we are taking out the last of the plastic from the ocean in the oyster industry and we are not putting new plastic back in the ocean by 2026 because it takes four years to grow the oysters so any changes in stopping putting plastic in you have to add four years in terms of when that plastic is going to be taken out In the meantime, while they aren't uh, changing the piping, the plastic tubes that go in, perhaps they could cover them in a net that would catch more of the plastic tubing. There must be some way to stop the amount of plastic tubes that are knocked off of the oyster strands into the ocean on a daily basis. This is not only a problem for the Hiroshima area, this is a problem for not only Japan. This plastic problem travels through oceans around the world, and Japan needs to take more responsibility for its part in pushing plastic pollution into the ocean. We know that Japan in other industries is also culpable or responsible for a lot of plastic going into the ocean and into the waterways. So in terms of the oyster industry, this seems like an easier thing that we can modify and make a more sustainable solution, which hopefully would really pay off down the road in terms of branding, a more sustainable brand, uh, consumer loyalty, boom to tourism business, domestic tourism, as well as international tourism, as well as exports. Any oysters exported, which is more sustainable, is going to be more in demand in the next few years. So what can we do as consumers? When we go to the beaches or we go to the riverside, have a little bag next to us, pick up a few tubes, pick up some plastic pollution from the riverside or beaches, that helps a little bit. Also show what you're picking up on social media and call out the oyster company or call out the 7-Eleven packaging that you're finding. So name the company and add a little pressure that way. Also, if you have a chance to talk to tourism people, guides, Uh, government people mention that you are concerned about plastic pollution in the waters or plastic pollution in Japan in general. Also, if you see a restaurant or you see a product that's using sustainable seafood methods or certification, make sure you comment how great that is and how you appreciate that so on both sides you can comment how you think it's a problem on the problem side and you can complement the good action in terms of sustainability on the good side and our efforts in terms of this soft pressure as consumers have a very good positive effect collectively on the industry and the destination in general hey thanks for tuning in today You can find out more information about me at inboundambassador.com and have a look at buymeacoffee.com slash JJ Walsh if you want some bonus material and to support the work that I'm doing. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.